Well, good morning, my frigid fellows. I said this morning at the 8 o'clock mass that when it gets below 50 degrees, I'm outside of my contract, but that's okay. I'm just kidding around. I don't actually have a contract. Um, you know, uh, today is Stewardship Sunday, and I'll be honest with you, one of the things that they don't teach you in seminary is how to talk about money. They just don't. They talk about biblical Greek and preaching and pastoral care and leading teams and baptizing and marrying and burying and chanting and all that rigmarole. But uh, they don't actually ever talk to you about money. And for a lot of clergy don't like talking about it, including me. Um, for my first couple of years here, I always hired a ringer to come and talk about money on Stewardship Sunday. Um, but I actually repent of that because it was wrong. Because I'm your rector, I'm your priest, I'm your pastor, and money is a hugely important topic in our lives. Amen? I mean, I, I will tell you, I'll share with you a little disclosure of myself, my homeowner's insurance just doubled. So if you've not gotten your premium for next year, I would say buckle in. So uh, money's a stressor for a lot of people. And, and, you know, whether you have a lot of it or you don't, it still is a source of challenge for a lot of us. But I would also say this, too, that money and stewardship in particular, which we're going to talk about this morning, stewardship, giving in the life of the church, is actually an invitation. It's an invitation uh, to, from Jesus to join, uh, uh, join him in his work. It is an invitation, stewardship is, supporting this parish financially, is an invitation from our Lord Jesus Christ to, to join him in his work as we transform our culture one soul at a time. You know, John the Baptist this morning, he, he invites people to see Jesus. He says, behold the Lamb of God. And then Jesus, family, they say these people begin to, they're John's followers that begin to follow Jesus, and they go to Jesus and say, hey man, where are you staying? We want to get to know you a little bit. We want to get to know who you are, how you tick, what makes, why are you so important? And what does he say? He says, come and see. So what you see repeatedly in Scripture is this idea of God inviting us into a life with him, then and now, inviting not just John the Baptist and not just the people outside of Jerusalem, but inviting you and me to join God in his work in this world. And so today on Stewardship Sunday, I'm going to look at this idea of an invitation, stewardship as an invitation to do three things. You thought it was going to be two. It's going to be three. Three things. An God invites us to worship. Stewardship is an invitation to worship. Stewardship is an invitation to trust God. That's the most important thing, I think. And then stewardship is an opportunity to be a member of the body of Christ. So stewardship is an invitation to worship God. Stewardship is an opportunity to trust him more. And stewardship is an opportunity to be an active member of the body of Christ. So first thing, stewardship is an act of worship. We don't think about this like this. We don't think of giving money as an act of worship, do we? We think of it as, oh man, here's United Way, or here's whatever you, you know, the animal shelter, whatever you want to give to. We don't think of that as, as worship, but biblically speaking, giving is an act of worship. I'll show you. In Genesis chapter 28, we read a story about a guy, a rascal, named Jacob. And you know the story about Jacob's ladder, the stairway to heaven. And when he sees the uh, stairway to heaven, he, uh, he breaks out into song with Led Zeppelin. No, I'm kidding. He, uh, 
It says that he, wa- he wakes from this vision, this theophany that he has, and it said that Jacob worships God. And he says to God, I'm worshiping you, and, and here's the thing I want to show you today. Um, Jacob says to God, all that I have, I will give a tenth back to you. Do you hear what he said? God, Jacob worships God, and the giving, the act of worship is actually an act of giving. Ten percent. You may not know this. It's called a tithe. A tithe is just not what you give in the plate. A tithe is a number. Ten percent of your income to the life of the church. More about that in a second. But I, I want to just show you here something really important, that at least biblically speaking, giving is an act of worship. Giving is an act of worship. Give you another example. Just last week, the wise men, I preached on this. They arrive, they see the baby Jesus, they don't even say anything. They just fall down before him, and what do they do? They worship and they give. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And a lot of it. This is expensive stuff, right? The point I want you to see here, and this is not intuitive, but it is biblical, that giving is an act of worshiping God. Now, full disclosure, I will tell you, when I was a kid, when I was younger, when I was in my early 20s, I always dismissed all this talk of money as manipulative, and, you know, the televangelist whole thing doesn't do much, doesn't help in any of this. Um, but I always thought, you know, what does God need with my money? After all, it's my money. I earned it. You know, and in some sense, what does God need with my money? Does God need anything from me at all? The answer is No. <laughs> Does God need anything from you to accomplish his goals? And the answer is no, nor me, for that matter. God will work his plans out with or without you, but he does, and here's the key I want you to hear this morning. He does invite you and I to join with him and be a part of his work on earth. And if you choose to say, yeah, thanks, but no thanks, okay, he'll do it without you. But just realize, you said, thanks, but no thanks, and he's going to do it without you. (laughs) And I realized later on, as I got older, um, and I grew in my faith a little bit, I realized something important, and I want you to hear this. I realized that it wasn't actually my money. And I don't mean just because the Bible says so. I mean, if you think about it, everything you have is his, including your own being. Everything that you have is because of him. I was born to a middle-upper-class white family in New York City, outside of New York. My dad was a professional. He, said, he helped me pay for college. I had a family that raised me well. If I was raised on the steps of Russia in the 13th century, guess what? I wouldn't be standing here. And neither would you. Everything we have, everything, the skills, the talents, the abilities you have, come from God. And the whole point I want you to see here is it is not yours. It is God has given it to you to manage on his behalf. You are, in fact, his steward. And the thing I want you to understand here, too, about giving, about supporting the work of the church with financials is that tithing doesn't change God. God is immutable. Tithing doesn't change God. What tithing changes is it changes you. So let me ask you a question. Where do you spend your money? Where do you spend your money? You don't know? Look at your checkbook. Well, no one has checkbooks anymore. Look at your bank statements. Look at your online, your online giving. Look at your Amazon cart, right? If you stop and think about it, you spend your money on what you worship. You spend your money on the things that you love. I'm not saying you shouldn't buy stuff you love. I do. I just bought a new Stratocaster two days ago. Corey Wong, signature Stratocaster. Yeah, it's awesome. I love it. 
but I tithe first. I give 10%, I give 10% of my income to the ministry of this church. And I do because I know that wherever I put my money, that is where my heart will go. You know, we like to think of it that we spend money on things we love, not so fast. The Bible says, actually, little, it's a little nuance, but it's there, that your heart will actually follow where you put your money. And you know this. Anybody here have investments right now? Do you look at it like every other day because it's declining? Anybody here have any Apple stock? I do. It's not worth what it was six months ago. Guess what? The things you have, your money, your, your heart follows it. Jesus actually says this in Matthew 6, 21. It's subtle, but it's there. He says, where your treasure is, there your heart will go also. In other words, and this, this is the thing I want you to hear, that where you spend your money actually determines what you value. Your wife, your kids, where you live, your, your hobbies, they're all good things, but just realize something. The things you put your money into, your heart follows your wallet. Your heart follows the things that you invest your financials in. So, here's the diagnostic for you this morning. Where do you spend your money? Because that is what you value, and that is, I would submit to you, what you worship. Worship, of course, is the thing that you rely upon. So do you want to know what you worship? Well, look at your online statements. Look at your Amazon card. Look at your credit cards. And compare that to your giving in the life of the church. God says, look, you can have all that stuff. 90% of what I've given you, you get to keep. I'm just telling you all my 10% back. It's a pretty good return. But tithing is not just an act of, it is also an act of faith. It is an act of worship, but it is also an act of faith. This is not intuitive. Stay with me. One thing you need to know, the biblical idea of faith is not, I believe God exists. The Bible doesn't care if you believe God exists. The Bible assumes that you believe that God exists. And in fact, Jesus says this very thing. Even the demons believe and they shudder in fear. So the biblical idea of having faith in God is not that you believe God exists. Yeah, big deal. The biblical belief in God, the word faith is the word pestuo. It's a Greek word, and it means, it means you trust him and you act like it. Listen to that. Tr tithing teaches you to trust God. Faith in God means I trust him. Father Jordan and I were just talking about this a few days ago. I trust him and I act like it. Tithing teaches us trusting in God, to have faith in God. In fact, John the Baptist says today, here I have borne witness to the Son of God. In other words, John trusts Jesus because he's learned about him. He's, been, he's spent time with him. Tithing teaches you to trust God. Let me ask you a question. It's not tricky. And if you just think about it, it's obvious. How do you learn to trust anybody at all? Trusting in God, okay. What about trusting in your spouse, or your kids, or your coworkers. How do you learn trust at all? Well, it goes like this. You trust a person, and you see if they bear fruit. I'll give you an example. Say, pick on Father Grader because he's not here. Say, uh, say I say to Father, Father Grader, hey, will you please do me a favor and meet me at the car dealer today at 2 p.m.? Pick up my car for an oil change. He says, yeah, sure, I'll be there. Awesome, see you there. So I drop off my car, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, 210, 220 rolls around. He doesn't show up. What have I learned about him in that example? What have I learned? 
I've learned that I can't count on him. I've learned that he is not trustworthy. With me? But he is, he is, by the way. <laughs> but then say Father, say Father Greater, I say, hey, Father, can you pick me up at the car dealer today at 2 p.m.? And I get there, and he's already there. It's 159, or what, 10 of, 10 of 2, and he's already there. What have I then learned about him? I've learned he's reliable. I've learned he is worthy of my trust. I have learned he is trustworthy, which incidentally was why tithing is so critically important. Because tithing is actually testing God to see if he will do what he says he'll do. Tithing is actually testing God to see if he will do what he says he will do. I'll prove it. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, you've maybe heard this before. God says about the tithe, last book of the Old Testament, Malachi 3, 10. God says, bring, bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Money is measured in grain. They're agrarian, so money is measured in, in uh, uh, grain there, in this case. But God says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse, and thereby, listen to this, put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not rain down uh, heaven, uh, if I will not open the windows of heaven and rain down blessing upon you. God is saying, listen, tithe and try me tithe, and thereby, he says, put me to the test. In fact, it is the only place in the entire Bible that says, test God. You know, the, one of the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not put the Lord thy God to the what? To the test. That is always true, except here. God says, go ahead and try me. Go ahead and see if I won't meet you at the, at the uh, car dealer at 2 p.m. I'll be early, in fact. In fact, I'll even buy you a new car right? God is saying, yeah, I, and this is the pastoral side of tithing. Yes, it's scary. Yes, it's a big leap. But here's what I want you to hear, friends, as your rector and your priest. If you want to learn how to trust God, here is how you do it. God is saying, I want you to learn to trust me. And the way you trust God is to tithe. And he says, test me and see if I will not rain down blessing upon you. Let me give you an example. When I was uh, 23 years old, I was working at Siemens, making tons of money. Then I went to seminary, making next to nothing, 24 grand a year, with a family of four, right? It was very difficult. Kids were on WIC. We didn't have health insurance. It was rough. Anyway, that's not the point. Point is, my daughter Amy, was, she fell, she hit her head, she busted her eye open. We took her to the ER. We get a bill for $1,000. I said to my wife, we don't have this kind of money. A thousand bucks? We didn't have it. Well, how are we going to pay for this? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We, we continued to tithe. It wasn't much money. That's not the point, though. We tithed before, and we continued all the way through seminary. We had a $1,000 bill, and then I got a letter in the mail like a week later from a friend of mine named Mike Hillenbrand. His real name, Mike was at Oracle DBA. He sends me a letter. Dear Chris, hope you're doing well in seminary. By the way, I just got my bonus check this year. I'm sending you a tithe on my bonus uh, as, a, as an offering to you. It was a check for $1,000 to the penny. What did that teach me? It taught me God is trustworthy. I'm not making this up. This is my experience. And in fact, if you don't, I will say this too. I tithe, all of our clergy tithe, otherwise I wouldn't hire them. Your vestry tithes as a, as a requirement to join. 
In 2022, I looked at it just a few days ago, one-third, this is astounding for an Episcopal church, one-third of our pledges self-identified as a tithe. And in every case, people have come back to me later. I will tell you this, God is my witness. Whenever someone has decided to tithe, they have come back to me and thanked me for it because it showed them how to trust in God, that he came through. There's no other way to learn trust than by risking it and seeing if God is trustworthy. And don't just take my word for it. You can, because it's true, but ask around. Ask anybody in this parish who tithes, and they will tell you. I've got folks lined up all through stewardship season to give you their testimony about how God has changed their lives through the tithe. You can ask anybody on our vestry. I will tell you this, friends. I have met lots of people who I've spoken about tithing, and they've refused to do it. And that's, that's up to you. That's between you and the big guy. It's not my problem. I've met lots of people that said, I'm not going to do it. Okay. I was there for a long time. I was wrong, but I was there. I've met lots of people who have refused to tithe, but I will tell you this. I have never, ever met someone in my life who tithed and regretted it. Never. You will not know, and this sounds phony and it sounds manipulative, I admit, but it's true. You will never know the blessing of God's promise, his challenge, until you try it, until you do it. Friends, faith, trust, it's the same word. With people and with God always requires us to take a step, a leap, to see if God will do what he says he'll do. And guess what? He does. So tithing is a way to increase your faith, really increase your faith. And then finally, tithing is an invitation to be a member of the body of Christ. Look, let me just be perfectly transparent here. If you don't already know this, Trinity Church is supported by pledges of our members, period. We don't get money. It's funny, people, people overthink that the money comes from the diocese or something. Negative. <laughs> it goes the other way. Uh, money doesn't come from the diocese. We send them, uh, we send them support. The only way we can, the only, all the money support of this parish comes from the person sitting in your chair. All of the money comes, that we do here, comes from you. We do here because and only because you give. I was talking to one of our parishioners last week, a guy named Bill Chambers. He said, he mentioned a quote from a guy from T. Rowe Price. He didn't know the guy's name, but he knew the quote. He said, uh, yeah, you know, that guy from T. Rowe Price said always, he said, give till you feel great. And I want to invite you into that, friends. I want to invite you into this invitation to give till you feel great. We have so, you know, this parish is in many ways an anomaly because we are growing, we're sound, we're sending out clergy all over the place, we're supporting people from, that don't even live here through seminary. We have so much to be thankful for at Trinity Vero Beach. Our preschool uh, now has an elementary school, right? We're adding a first grade this year. Thanks be to God. Dr. Barron, you up there? Dr. Barron is our new, will be our new head of school. If you didn't read that already, I announced it in my rector's note. Dr. Barron will be joining us full-time in, Jan- in June, and he will be our next head of school, right? Good job. The plan, the plan is to add a grade every year. Look, if you want to change the culture in which we live, the church has always been at the forefront of cultural change, always. We continue to be the fastest-growing parish in the Diocese of Central Florida. I had Jeannie run the numbers a few days ago. You ready for this? I'd never looked at this until 
yesterday, Friday rather, since 2018, we have had 280 people join this church during a pandemic. Remember that? In four years, from 18 to 22, we had 280 people join this parish. We have people that follow us online. We have people in Colorado that meet in a home group and watch us online. For crying out loud, I've become a televangelist. How'd that happen? It's the weirdest thing. But you know what? You gotta, you gotta step into it. You gotta be so grateful. God has invited us into this ministry together. We have a great team of young clergy. Our new, uh, new assistant, Father Ryan's 31. Father Gritter's 35. I'm 54. I'm the old guy now. It's just I got two whippersnappers keeping me on my toes here. We have an amazing music program, a dedicated team of faithful lay ministers. And really, when, it, when the rubber hits the road, the deal is simply this, simply this, friends, that we love Jesus, amen, and we love each other. And it shows. There's no secret to this. We love Jesus, we preach the gospel, we bring people to him, and it shows. I will say this, and I'm going to wrap up. It is no overstatement to say that we as a parish are doing the most important work in the world, period. I'd still be sell- I would have been selling VMware for Ernst & Young right now if I didn't believe that. That's what I was getting ready to do. It is no overstatement to say that what you and I are doing here is the most important work in the world, saving souls from hell, bringing people to Jesus with eternal consequences. But, and here's the irony, it's up to you. God invites you in, but it's really up to you to support our work together, to be involved, to be part of the, be part of the plan, and to tithe to our work together because, friends, there is no greater work on earth that we do bringing people, saving souls. There is no greater question than Jesus will ask you at the judgment What have you done to bring people to me? So friends, here's the question. And it's it's a sincere one. It's an invitation. Will you join me and this parish in our wonderful journey together? (laughs) Will you join me as we seek to bring people to Jesus, like John the Baptist did this morning? Will you join me as we seek to provide a Christian parochial school to the students of our community and change our culture one child at a time? Will you join me in the most important work you will ever do in your life? Having your life transformed by a God who changes lives for good and by bringing other people to Jesus so that he might change them. Will you join me? Will you join our life together? Will you join, join our work? It's up to you. The invitation stands, and the ball is in your court. Please pray about our stewardship this year. Please pray seriously and ask the Lord what he would have you to do. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for your word that teaches us and, boy, challenges us in, our, in the sense of tithing and giving. Lord, remind us that tithing and our giving, our tithing is an act of worship It's an act of learning to trust you. It's an act of being faithful members of the body of Christ. Help us to be good stewards of what you have given to us. That we might meet you face to face and hear those words we all want to hear. Well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
you for tuning in to our Trinity Episcopal Church podcast. To find out more about the work God is doing through Trinity, visit us online at trinitybureau.org and follow us on Facebook. Facebook.